0: Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those types of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that i'm looking forward to and the best thing about mega seats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events that's the price you pay how many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out oh wow that's a great price but then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy no, no, no 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 that doesn't exist with mega seats you see at megaseats.com the price you see is the price you pay unless you use code SSAW network that's right you go to megaseats.com you see a concert that's coming up you click purchase that's the purchase price that you get and then you put in the code SSAW network and they take 10% off of that go to megaseats.com get back to life use the code SSAW network and save 10% in the process Let's go. Gentlemen, welcome back to our third installment of our Division Preview series. Today, it is me, it is Josiah. We're going to kick off the AFC East Division breakdown for 2021. How you doing, bro?
1: Doing solid, bro. It's good to be back.
0: It's good, good to, to be you. back. Good to be back indeed. Before we go ahead and jump into it, Something we're going to kick off this show with. Josiah, tonight, as we sit here and we chill on this beautiful Tuesday evening coming at you guys live on Thursday morning or the afternoon, however you're listening to it, what you drinking to help you get going on this division breakdown?
1: Oh man, just a little bit of Knob Creek, you know what I'm saying? A little bit of whiskey. You know, ain't nothing big.
0: Okay. Are you uh, neat with your whiskey? You put it on the rocks. You mix it. What you do?
1: Straight. Straight up. No rocks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I... I ain't gonna. Lie. I mean, you know, I'm cool with it being room temperature, but not warm. So I mean, a little, you know, cool, but just not super cold, but not hot. So I mean, right, right up, right up in the middle.
0: I got you. I got you. As everyone knows, listening, I am a craft beer. Uh, some would say a uh, freak weirdo. I prefer to say connoisseur <laughs> myself. <laughs> but tonight, uh, the first one that I have, I got a couple with me right now. I got a Hammer and Stitch Brewing Company the lager. I'm trying to get more into lagers. i made my way into pilsners now. I'm just trying to go to straight Mexican-style lagers. Different ones with the hot weather coming around. Real crisp, real good. Shout out to these guys. This is one of the first offerings I've had of them. And then to back that up, I have a 16-ounce Sitting on Ice Claim 52 Hazy IPA out of Eugene, Oregon. One of my favorite breweries out there. They're Tan Lines West Coast IPA. Very, very solid. So this, this one's up. Then in the second half, we're going to go to the West Coast IPA. But <laughs> this time, as we kick this division off, we're going to go to the East Coast. We, we go into the East with these squads. And we're going to start it out with those New York football J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Hmm. In 2020, this squad went 2-14. and 14. 2-14. and 14. They almost eked out a third win, which would have been their first of the season against both of our squads.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, we ended up pulling that one out with an incredible finish. Everyone remembers the bomb to Henry Ruggs at the buzzer. Right, right, right. And they actually had back-to-back wins against the Rams and the Browns in Week 15 and 16. Yeah. And then, but nonetheless, that landed them into the spot where they finished 2-14. and 14. Yeah. Big coaching regime change here. They brought in Robert Sala from the Niners. With him, he took LaFleur, little LaFleur, Mike LaFleur with him as well. They also now have, and have had for a little bit, Miles Austin as the wide receiver coach, the ex-Dallas Cowboy. Mm -hmm. And they have Greg Knapp, former Raider coordinator, 26 years in the business, Mm -hmm. who's also working with the passing game coordinator. Mm -hmm. We all know Sala's going to handle the defense. Before we jump into both sides of the ball, what do you think about that coaching regime over there in New York?
1: So, first of all, I want to uh, hopefully Greg Knapp, which I just heard on a podcast today, that he got into a bike accident. Oh. oh! So hopefully everything's all right with him. Um, You know, he's – I think he's had his ups and downs as far as coaching goes. But besides the point, he, he, he definitely – you know, hopefully he heals up from his injuries and whatnot because I heard they were critical injuries. But I think it's a good get just depending on – the roster that he's going into. um As far as the rest of the coaching staff, I like Robert Sala. I thought that it would have been good. For, I don't know. I mean, he and I'm not sure. I probably have to look this up, but he's from Detroit, I believe, mm-hmm. from Michigan. Yeah. You know, it would have been good for him to go over there. I, I just think that that team. When I when I think of that team, it would have been good to build around the defense over there with them. And you know, and and I know there were some fans, you know wanting him to come over there. He ended up deciding to come to the Jets, which is cool. But they did get, they just drafted a QB everybody knows of, you know, Zach Wilson. Some up, some had Zach Wilson over Trevor, you know, Lawrence. Yep. You know, um obviously not Emmanuel Watson, who's my, who, who's my guy. But you know, obviously, you know, he's had Trevor Lawrence over everybody for the last five years, you know, but
0: uh you got Trevor Lawrence over the whole world.
1: Over the whole world, over the whole world. But yeah, Zach Wilson is a definitely, you know, he's a stud for sure. I just don't know. A defensive coordinator coming in, rookie, a rookie head coach, as a defensive minded guy coming in, coaching a young rookie QB. It's just one of those things where I, I like both guys. Now, I like Zach Wilson a lot, and I like Robert Sutler. I feel like he did a really good job, but I just, as a, as a you know, for the defense over there in San Fran, but. I don't know if that pairing is going to match. And that's 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 what I'm really concerned for. Uh, you know, um, I think Zach Wilson really would have benefited more with an offensive minded guy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, He's I'm with you running, on that. You know, um, so I mean, you know, and and I like, you know, their schedule is tough. I like some of the add ons, you know, and, and I think this will help uh Robert Solomon. You know, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, they added LaMarcus, who should have played, I feel, we all feel as Raider fans, he yeah, should have played safety. We had him playing nickel, you know. He has the speed to do it, but it, I just feel like as far as a um, talent standpoint and just what he did over there in, in L.A. with the Rams, you know, he should have he, he should have played his natural position. And I'm hoping and I'm assuming that's what Robert is going to do. So I like that add on. I'm not going to give up on his talents just yet. He didn't do good with us, but I just feel like what Paul Gunther had him doing was out of the norm. Don't make sense. Sheldon Rankin, somebody that I was high on since Louisville, I, I liked him. I, I think, you know, uh, having a deep into minded guy and Robert Sava, you know, helping him out to become the DT that I think he really can be. Corey Davis, adding him, you know, Tevin Coleman. Who I like as well, and then re-signed in Marcus May. Although they didn't re-sign, they got him to a franchise tag. Who? But I he he
0: coming back to the roster.
1: He's coming back. He's coming back. But they weren't able to really sign him to a big deal, which which is crazy because he's one of the. He's
0: been he, playing real well.
1: Real well, bro. So I don't know how that does, How that that's the thing with this whole organization. It's like you know some some of the some of the moves they make or how they're not able to keep players. They just. Doesn't make sense. some of their drafts that they have is pretty good, but they're not able to really keep players that I think personally that they should be keeping and uh, Marcus may maybe they get it done during the season. I don't know, but right now it's not happening, but they do have him for this year, so I like how they brought him back um and I like their draft you know the the, the draft that you know like we said we already talked about Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think that we personally probably would have drafted if he was there because we've, we've seen him play. Do you Tom think Cable. we would have, though, bro? Because well, they, you know, they
0: kept saying they had Leatherwood as their number one guy.
1: I mean, they got to say that. I,
0: I, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right with, like, they'll do the coach speak when it falls to them. This is the dude right. we had they gotta, they gotta ahead of the play. whole – right, okay. But you're is it right.
1: Barrett Tucker's one of those guys where Tom Cable I, – I think they like versatility. And Barrett Tucker's one of those guys that could play guard and tackle. And I think <laughs> when you look at – Where, you know, where it's, well, I ain't, you know, you guys, we already covered the AFC West, but guard and tackle for the Raiders, for us, real quick, is something that needs to be addressed, especially on the right side, because we got rid of Trent Brown, who I'm not really tripping about, because he only played, I think, like two games with us, and then, you know, guard position, we got rid of Gabe Jackson. So he's somebody that could, although he played on the left side, if he's versatile on the left side, maybe he could do on the right side. This is somebody that I was just hearing that could possibly, mm-hmm. you know, can, can switch over like that. So I like that. more. Plus, I was high on him anyway. He was somebody that I thought, you know, I, I really liked him. And then Elijah Moore, we talked about him. That's about our, our guy, bro. Yeah, we had him. We, I want to say we had him probably in the top four.
0: Yeah, top four we, we for he's sure. Pushing in top, top four at
1: least, top pushing, three maybe.
0: Pushing to yeah, top, I would yeah fourth. Also yeah. just shifty. I mean yeah. we we had him up there,
1: um, and then Jason Pinnock, who you know I've been talking about for the last couple of years. I know I I had a conversation with Gibson. I wish the page was still up because I posted about him, and he's he's just one of them underrated corners. He got picked in the late rounds and whatnot, and um, you know they. Can't get his name. I think it's Hamla. I'm 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 probably butchering his name right now. But he he's another good draft pick that they picked up as well over there with the Jets. So I, I I like their draft. Their draft, the draft was was well was well was well done. You know, from an organization that I think hasn't really did anything right. But this year they've done the yeah. things. It's just that because the AFC, AFC. East and just AFC in general is so tough. I don't see them really doing too much.
0: I don't either. And I'm with you, though, on their draft being solid Mm -hmm. because, like, they did. One thing that everyone criticized that they didn't do with Sam Darnold is that they didn't put him in a position to succeed. And that started with using Adam Gase as the head coach. And then after that, the different personnel moves that they made. Now this team goes in. They already have Makai Becton left over from last year's draft. Like you had mentioned, they added Elijah Vera Tucker up front right. to give him some protection. They right. draft Elijah Moore to give him another weapon that he can grow with as well. Denzel Mims is still there too. Right. Then on like. top of that, right. who right. we like. Right. Exactly. That's, that's my guy. Like I liked him a lot. Yeah. You year. didn't like
1: him more than right. right. Right.
0: Yeah. I was high on Denzel and I think we can start to see good things from him as this regime moves forward. So that's, that's something that I think this team has actually really tried to do. And GM Joe Douglas is starting to recognize, I got to be able to take my quarterback and surround him with pieces to make it work. And even though like I'm with you hundred percent as well, if I am, if I'm hiring a head coach, Mm -hmm. I'm going on the offensive side of the ball. That's just me. That's just me. There are defensive coaches sure that are deserving of the role of a head coaching job. Don't get me wrong. There certainly are. But if I got a young quarterback coming in, if I got my thing is, my thing is the offensive side and that's kind of what I'm investing into my team. Mm -hmm. I want the head coach to be able to have the final say, I want that McVay. I want that Shanahan. Mm -hmm. I want those type of minds to be able to be at the forefront of it all. So at that much, I'm with you. Do you think it's hilarious? The thing I think is hilarious, though, is they actually, with the draft, they drafted two Michael Carter's.
1: Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah,
0: they, they drafted him, them. and one went to North Carolina, and the other went to Duke.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's just like, go figure. It's not a typo that happened, but that's, but I'm with you right now. Um, as far as the Jets' outlook this year and what we expected as team, I mean, I'll give them. Their moves in free agency. I think, I think, the, here's the thing with the Jets that I would say this right. team, I believe, is on the right track. We actually put the Jet on the runway, right? The right. Jet is in the runway, it's not sitting in the hangar,
2: right. right?
0: And I think they're a couple years removed, maybe one, two, yeah, that's a couple from turning it around. And I think Robert, Robert Sala is the person who can inspire and inflict that culture into a team that really needs it. This year, though, I still got them in the bottom of the division. There's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some learning curves. I got them at about, they were two, they were, they won two games last year. Let me go ahead and put the Jets at four wins this year. I think they doubled their win total. Four wins.
1: Four wins.
0: How many you got for them this season?
1: That, I was, okay. Let me see. I'm going to say five. I must okay. Say five and twelve, right? Is that it? Five and twelve. Uh, their schedule is tough. It is. I mean, it, it, You know, you know what they kind of remind me of just a little bit. Hmm. Just the Carolina. Carolina last year was a team that I was unsure on how they was really going to perform because I was unsure with Matt Rule. But they had talent. They drafted real well. You know, they had the pieces there. They had the quarterback. And they played well. And some of those games they they lost were close games. And I feel like that's how it's going to be with the Jets. I feel like the division is tough. I'm not counting out New York. You can never count out New England, First and foremost. Miami is tough. They should have made the playoffs last year, you know. Um, Obviously, Buffalo. So, I mean, but when you look at their schedule, so they got Carolina week one at Carolina.
0: I think they win that game. You think they win? I have them penciled yeah. for winning that game.
1: I don't know. We might have to bet. We might have to bet a beer or
0: something on that, bro. One. I don't know if I'm gonna bet anything on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying right now. You, get, you, wanna, you, you want, want a, you want a, cool a beer. You can, I could do. A, you want I could do a cool beer, like you know, cash app. You know, six, seven bucks. <laughs> cover the beer and cover the tip. But we can't put no wings on it. We with can't the put
1: no wings just <laughs> I'm already with that both because you know what Carolina proved to me that when you look at their record, you look out they weak. But if you really dive deep into it, like how we do, you know, watch film, right, that, and really watch them play. Carolina was
0: playing tough. And that's a good squad, man.
1: Players. They got some really young players over there that I really feel like is gonna take the next step in their second year, third year. You know, and then next the, the the next week going on with the Jets, They got New England. And that's in New York, but...
0: I think that's a loss.
1: That's a loss. They got
0: Denver in Denver. And in and Denver, Denver in you know, September, that's Denver. tough. That's tough. Denver in September, just because that thin air, you? they're the only team that's used to been in that thin air through the whole offseason.
1: Yeah. So and you when you get
0: in the there and like teams are... They're, like, they're fresh, you know what I mean? Right. And their quarterback situation, honestly, I don't think is as good as even New York's, even though it's going to be Zach's third game.
1: It's gonna be his third game in thin air,
0: and it's it's but it's yeah it's, it's that thin air is the thing. That's thin why I just that in, in, in September, September bro.
1: bro. I mean, look, one thing, look, you everybody, I think on SSAW, shout out to them. If you ain't added yet, go on there, we'll add you. You know what I mean? But we and we got a website as well. If one thing everybody know about me, I cannot stand them. Period.
0: Oh, you and me both, bruh.
1: <laughs> I cannot stand them, but one thing I I I'll, I'll read. Just any team, I'll give them their credit. I'll give them their flowers. And Denver got that defense, bro. They Period. Do. I mean, they if they do. stay healthy, if Von Miller, all them stay healthy, the, the defensive line, they just added some more, you know, secondary players. Patrick Certain. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're good to roll. And it's in Denver versus the rookie QB. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. And then you got okay, and then you got Tennessee and Atlanta at home. But Tennessee, they're a playoff team.
0: Oh, Tennessee's Are beating you? them. They could take Atlanta, the Falcons. Atlanta, they might
1: take the Falcons. Okay, but then you got New England right after they're, the they're losing.
0: They're losing to the Patriots again.
1: That's what I'm saying. Then you got Cincinnati. Okay, you may win. That's going to be New a Cowboys. close game.
0: That's going to be a close little game.
1: That may be close because Joe Burrow, hopefully, everything's all right after the ACL. Then you got Indianapolis. At Indianapolis.
0: That's yeah, yeah Indy, Indiana, the Buffalo, Bills, Miami. the Defense.
1: This is, I mean, you the know, Texans.
0: So, They're gonna beat the Texans. I'm not taking the Texans in any single about, game this this year.
1: Oh yeah, I, I ain't. Either. I mean, that's an easy win. But what about the two we didn't mention, Buffalo and Miami? That's right lost. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. As so I don't really, I mean, you know, I'm looking at maybe, maybe five, maybe five. So that's five, why
0: I got five. four. I said like Panthers. I think the Panthers will be a better team, but it's just kind of one of those wacky. September games, you know what I mean? Where it's like, man, how are we gonna look back on it? Like, how did the Panthers lose to the Jets? But I'm taking the Jets in that game.
1: Okay, we can win.
0: at this point right now, okay. and then I'll say Jets, Falcons, excuse me, Texans, Jags, four wins right there. Right. Jets, Falcons, Jags Texans, Jags might be Jags.
1: ready to go by week six, December twenty sixth. Now, no, Urban Meyer might have he might have some ready for them by that time.
0: I mean. We'll know, know a lot about both those teams by then. We'll know more than we definitely know right now. That's but true. yeah, as we sit here today in July, those are the four wins that I had penciled in for the Jets. You said you got five. Who else though are they? Like we said, the Bengals one is yeah, close. Man. So you like you know, that's the thing. It's just like that one
1: is close. That one is close, and you know they they'll probably get upset. I mean, they'll probably yeah. Of course,
0: it's gonna happen at least one point. Like they beat the Rams. The two wins that they had last year were against teams that not only made it to the playoffs but won a playoff game. Think about that right now. Think about that right now. They beat the Browns and they beat the Rams in 2020. That's, that's it. In the
1: season at the end
0: of the season. At the end of the season, probably. when both the Browns and the Rams are fighting for a position in the postseason, because that's where they were both at, right? This and then the Browns had to go on the road. Not the Browns, but the Rams had to go on the road in Week One, and then they ended up beating Seattle. But still, it's like the NFL is like that. You and I both know it. A lot of people listening yeah. know it. Any given Sunday, but if you're going to honestly sit here and break down like who's going to win, that's when it gets real tough. Right. And that's why me and you come in at about the same four, maybe five wins, five wins as a prediction. Yeah. So
1: I'm. A, I'm like I said, I'm gonna go ahead and squeak out five for them. But I mean. <laughs> If it's four, I ain't gonna be surprised. If it's seven or eight, I would be surprised. Yeah, I'd be very but surprised. At that point, you're looking at at least three upsets. They got a tough schedule, bro. They have a tough schedule. The AFC East is already tough.
0: AFC East is right? just pretty it's, tough. It's like they're the Jets are the AFC, like the, the little brother of the whole division.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. Everybody want to sleep on New England because Tom Brady ain't there, but they their all season they had, which we'll get into that. Was pretty solid, and Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick is still the greatest coach of all time. So we're not even going to go there with that, you know. So I I think personally they'll probably squeak out an extra win, but if they get only four wins, and you know, it is what it is. The Carolina one, though, that one that's why I want to bet on that one because that's actually a good. I mean, that's that's one of them games. that Really don't. Yeah, you you really don't really know. Sam Darnold versus.
0: His old squad, old
1: squad, Zach. Wilson. And how you're
0: saying they remind yeah. you of the Panthers? I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, Sala first year. On, you first know, you're gonna, Matt you gonna have Matt Rule in his second. Yeah, I mean, on, we'll see. It's gonna that'll be a fun one to that's watch. I think It'll that's, be that's gonna be a fun one, one to watch.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll put a beer on it. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. But no yeah. wings, like I said. No, <laughs> no wings. No wings. No wings and uh, no dorsal fins either. But as we move on to the Miami Dolphins, second team on the breakdown right now. Miami D, Miami Dolphins. This squad had a, a had a nice turnaround year under Brian Brian Flores yep. in his tenure there last year. And as you had previously mentioned, squad should have made the playoffs. They were right there, but for some reason they just couldn't do it. They just that last game got really ugly against the Bills. And then there was like a tiebreaker, I think, between like the Colts and all that. But uh, I remember in 2020 that they ended up starting Fitz over Tua. Went 1-3 through the first four games of the year. Ended up rattling off five straight from mid-October through mid-November. And it was in week eight where Tua had his first start. And it was over the Rams. They ended up winning. The Miami defense was so inspired that game. I did an All-22 breakdown on the old SSAW page on just how those diamond fronts and all the different zero, cover zero looks were yeah. just messing with that Rams offensive line. Had Jared Goff just in a, in a tizzy. He didn't even know what to do. And they were one win shy of the berth. But now we go into 2021, and Brian Flores is entering his third year as the head coach. And let me ask you something this as we look at this this regime right now. Okay. Chan Gailey, who was their offensive coordinator last year, right. he decided to retire. Right. So many years as a head coach in the NFL. Right. And Chan Gailey was pretty ahead of the curve in terms of understanding the use of the spread. And as the NFL was evolving, he was one of those first guys that was indoctrinating, indoctrinating it into the league as like at a, at a heavy rate. And now he's gone. And to replace him, the Dolphins are electing to go with a co-offensive coordinator role that will be shared. Between Eric Studsville, the former running back coach, For and the then Bronco. the former tight, what's that?
1: For the Broncos, right? Wasn't he over there at the uh, previous?
0: Yeah, previously, before his stint with Miami yeah. as their position coach, yeah, he was he was over there. Okay. And then they also have the QB yeah. slash tight end coach uh, George Godsey, who okay. was there before, right? So, what is your thoughts? on using a split offensive coordinator role, just in general, not for this team specifically, but just in general?
1: I don't like it. I don't like it because it, I I mean, I, you know, I've never been a head coach. I've never been a coach. So I, I don't know how this would really work. You splitting a coordinator jobs. How does that work? How right. do you, you know what I mean? How do you really, you know, how do you call play? Do you, is somebody ahead of the other person? Or how does that really work? And sometimes that's that's the thing with Brian Flores. I like him as a head coach. Me too. I, I, I like him as a head coach. I
0: mean, Cover zero's yeah. pro Brian, Brian Flores.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're for Brian Flores. That's a fact. But some of the moves, some of the players, sometimes things happen. And I just question why is it happening. But then when you turn around, you look at the you look at how they play and how the the other players that's on the roster and, and how they play during the season what their their, their schedule end up being. You look at, okay, he's doing something right for sure. But then you look at some of these moves, and like this right here, I've never really – I can't remember a time where there was a split offensive coordinator role. I, I i can't name one off the head right now. Oh, yeah, this team right here back in
0: It's happened before, but it's so rare. Yeah,
1: I mean, like when – and how does it work?
0: Is yeah, that's somebody, the thing, somebody too. Be
1: ahead of that, the way I look at that, somebody got to be ahead of – the somebody got to be calling the play, right? There's
0: got to be a pecking going order.
1: Through, yeah, it's going through obviously the other offensive coordinator, and then through the head coach, obviously. And how mm-hmm. is that working? That's Ooh. a good question. You know, so I, 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 until I really figured that out, Eric Studsville was okay over there in Denver. I, I don't, he wasn't really. A, I mean, he, like I said, he was intern over there. I believe as head coach over there in Denver, but you know he's it's not like he has a bunch of experience where it's like
0: right the only one out of the two of them who has like oc experience is godsey who was the george godsey who was the tight end qb coach and he was with he was you know
1: what that might be he was with
0: houston in 2015 and 2016 in which those offenses were bad back then but at the same time it's like that dude was working with the likes of all those quarterbacks right. around Houston in that time, it was like That's the Brian I'm, Hoyers and the right. Brandon Whedons and the T.J. Right. Yates, Tom Savage, right. Brock Osweiler, whatever the, whatever, you know. three Four different
1: QBs. Right. You know, right. and then a couple of them, three of them starting in one year, you know.
0: Right. Ryan Mallett was there too. Like just yeah. a murder, just like this, this yeah.
1: who's, who's, who's our quarterback today? Who?
0: Like That's that type saying. of, yeah.
1: It's almost like whoever's calling the plays, Brian Flores don't trust. In a sense. You know what I mean? Because you got somebody else right behind him that's monitoring your play calling. I, you know, that that's the only thing with Bryant. that that's the only thing. I, I just don't really get that. Gailey, Ted Gailey it was somebody to me. I didn't, you know, I think he was the yeah, head coach over there in Buffalo, right? Buffalo, yeah. His head coach, he was whatever. I didn't you know, whatever. But offensive coordinator.
0: He's a good offensive like
1: he said, coordinator. He loves his he loves to spread the ball. So I, I think you know, that – that it sucks that he's gone, you know. But uh, just the way Brian Flores went about it, I, I think that will be effective. I, losing Chan Gailey and then the way they're kind of splitting it up like this, I just don't see how that's – you know, I, I don't see how that's really going to be effective at all. Especially
0: yeah, I, I, my guess – my guess with it, like I'm with you. I need to have like a clear cut. This is the dude who's going to – especially because Brian Flores as a head coach is a defensive guy. You know what I mean? So now the offense is going to fall on the shoulders of two dudes. So then, but that's, that's going to cause, that could cause confusion. I mean, who knows how they're going to end up doing it. That'll be something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. But maybe they chose to go this route because they don't want to try to complicate things too much for Tua. And both of these guys were on the staff last year. So they're probably going to keep the same type of philosophies, terminology, approach, coaching points in place. And they'll be able to also do that with, uh, Charlie Fry, who is the quarterback coach now for them.
1: Who was a QB for the Raiders at one point in
0: time. Yes, indeed he was. And he also has, (laughs) I mean, you know, those who can't, you know, teach those who can do, you know, whatever. And we all know this, there's, you don't have to be a great player to be a great coach and vice versa. You can be a great player and be a trash coach. It, it always, two different completely different jobs and responsibilities and all that stuff. But, but at least like Charlie, he had he, him and Charlie worked with Tua in the Elite 11, which is like, you know, that's like that yearly, uh, the yearly camp that they have. That's like nationally held between skilled players, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, receivers. And it's like basically just a seven on seven of, of the who's who coming out of high school. Right. Like if you're somebody, you're going there and Fry and Tua, they clicked when they were in that. And so maybe Fry can be the person that along with the two dueling offensive coordinators gets a lot out of Tua because we both know this offense is going to go as much as Tua takes that next step to allow them to go big time. So as we transition to look at the offense and really what that looks like, the team lost the biggest off. I'll just point out they lost Eric Flowers. He was traded to Washington. He was their guard who was solid. He's a starting guard in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one to me, though, that they lost on offense was Ted Karras, their center, What'd who you signed with the Patriots. With
1: the Patriots, but then they flip flop, right? Because they got the Patriots center.
0: They, well, they, yeah, they did. They got Matt Skura, but I mean, yeah, Skura was bad last year.
1: He wasn't that good. He wasn't that. But Ted Karras ah, he, he was. He was.
0: Yeah, Skura was. You well, Skura came. No, Skura came from Ravens, Skura came from Baltimore. He came from Baltimore. He came from Baltimore. Didn't, but didn't somebody They took something? uh Jermaine uh Jermaine Elmore, the dude who can like play guard slash tackle. Jermaine El Elim- from okay. Yeah, that's who they got from the
1: Pats. I up. Okay. Okay. That's
0: who they got from the Pats. And in the, this is as I look at what they have right now, they also added DJ Fluker, who they got from the Ravens too. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? And he's, he's okay. He's okay. he, right, you know, he's, he's a run blocker, mostly pass block questions. They added Will Fuller in free agency, right? right? And then in the draft, they added Jalen Waddle, Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame. And then, the, what was it, the third round, they took uh, Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College, at 81st overall. This was a pretty weak tight end class Yeah, Overall, very weak. Yeah, bad. I remember, so like Hunter Long, I'll be honest, I didn't watch tape on him. Right, um, but Eichenberg, I thought was solid, and we all he know what
1: out of Notre Dame. He, he right. was solid.
0: He was solid. solid. Yeah, and we all know how Notre Dame offensive linemen have panned out over the last several years, and it's been right. real, real nice. So he, I could see him definitely being a starter going forward. And then Jalen Waddle, of course, in the first round, six overall. My approach with how this offense is going to look in this next season, especially with as we have mentioned, dueling offensive coordinators, right, and a defensive-minded head coach, a quarterback who is in huge need of being able to take a step forward. The playmakers are there for him to do it. I don't know if the bones of the offense are there considering that you have that unknown at the coaching call, at the, at the helm yeah. of what's being yeah. called, yeah. and then the offensive line that's in front of him. Everybody else on this offensive line, bro, I don't, this is what losing Ted Karras was so, so like, such a blow to them to me.
1: Right, because
0: right. you're looking at it, if you're looking at their offensive line from left to right, we got Austin Jackson, who right. had a very bad I mean, rookie year, but you know he's he was a rookie.
1: I think he'll he, bounce back, though. I'm biased. You
0: know, I'm biased? You bias, he USC, but I, I thought you know when they made the pick, I'm like, cool, you know, invest in the line, whatever, whatever. Right. Then they got Solomon Kinley, who's likely to slot in at left guard. He was not any he was not I all that great. Wow, I know, but I man, he's
1: I liked him coming out. I liked him coming yeah, out of Georgia. I believe he came out of Georgia.
0: Yeah, and he, but see, I think they might they might look to slot in Eichenberg at guard, even though he played tackle. But either way, it's like kind of what I'm getting at here. Let me get, let me yeah, just get yeah, the yeah. point. Is my yeah. point would be is that you got a lot of dudes on this offensive line that are tackles and could mold into a tackle. And after losing Karis and who's already on the roster, right? You're you're so thin at dudes who are naturally supposed to be interior linemen. You have. If you go Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Matt, uh, Matt Scura, who they did add from Baltimore, then you go, let's probably Robert Hunt, who they had also drafted, and then uh, Jesse Davis, who's there. You're looking at an offensive line going from left to right in height. That's 6'6", 6'6", 6'3",
1: 6'5", 6'6". Yeah. That's a, lot of, a lot, lot of height. A lot
0: of height, a lot of big bodies, a lot of dudes that could play tackle and be effective. Right. I don't know if they necessarily have it up front to be able to give two of that time. In the interior to be able to take those shots downfield and progress forward. Granted, he had a really good game against the Cardinals last year when he got his second start of the season. He was pretty aggressive. Then he kind of honed it in as the season went on. The playmakers are there, but I don't know if the foundation is. And we all know the foundation is with the offensive line and on to the coach.
1: Yeah, it starts with the trenches. Definitely starts with the trenches. I get what you're coming from. A lot of these players, though, are real young.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: young. So mm-hmm. we, we got to see how they really turn out. Like I said, I'm a little biased with Austin Jackson. We'll see how he do. You know, Solomon Kenley, another guy that I was not super high on, but I was I liked him coming out out of Georgia. Liam Inchenberg out of Notre Dame. I liked him too. You know, so we'll we'll see how they really you, – you're right. They got a lot of tackles. Some of them could probably play guard. But we'll, we'll see how they turn yeah. out. The thing is, though, you're right, though, because I mean, second second year QB coming in, Austin, uh, Austin Jackson, Tua, you know, coming in, I, I just you're you're worrisome for him. I know when we played them, they had to put,
0: you know, they had to put either. They wouldn't have won the game.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't have won, and they shouldn't have
0: won even with him. Even, yeah. Conversation,
1: but still i just feel like they they definitely need to protect so hopefully even robert hunt these 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 are young guards and tackles that have to develop and hopefully they develop into the players that we think they can be because if they do then that would give the young qb second year a year and a half I, I guess you know however you want to call it mm-hmm. a, a fair shot you know um because I think we all agree. I know you guys were talking about it. Shout out to CJ. Uh, you know, he was talking about the defensive line. And, and I I believe in the trenches. Defensive line, offensive line. Offensive line, defensive line. However you want to
0: cut it up. Do you have one that's more important to you? Like in terms of I'm how you would design line. a team? Me too. Me too. Me too. I'm I'm offensive. Yeah.
1: Offensive line. But I, I will say I love what CJ said, you know, which we did have a discussion about, you know, um, me being a, a secondary guy, safety, you know, and him, and me and him loving corners, obviously. The uh, corners and safeties matter, but if your defensive line <laughs> can dominate, I mean, you got your pass rushers and all that. But you, yes, this is why Seattle,
0: when Seattle was in their heyday, yeah.
1: I mean, it, it it makes your secondary looks better. It makes your secondary look better than what it really is. Not to take away from nobody but i'm sure sure, sure. you can really get pass rush especially up the middle then your secondary is it's less work and vice versa i mean if if your secondary is locking down you know it it just depends it depends on how the offense is being ran how to how everything is being ran but i i I, it starts in the trenches and if i had to pick yeah i would go offensive line then i'll go defensive line but if i had to pick out of if i had to two which would you pick out top two, be offensive line, defensive line, out of any unit on the team, period. And, and that's gone from somebody that's coming from the secondary, from the safety, all that. I just feel like you have a dominant, you have a dominant offensive line. It helps. <laughs> it helps the QB, it helps the running back. And then you have a dominant defensive line, you know, it's less work on the secondary, you know? So.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you can play that, a little that, more, more aggressive. You, you can and... play
1: more aggressive. You can do a lot. You yeah, cool. I think
0: what? with with me, I fall. I'm with you. Offensive line is like that's where I'm kind of going to start, and then, but honestly, like there's a little the, the gap to me is closer between building through the building from back to front on a defense because just with how NFL and this is only like a recent thing that I started to like think about. You remember when we had when we had Khalil Mack and right. teams would try to find different ways to neutralize Khalil without double teaming him. Right. And one of the ways they would do that is you just go to quick game.
1: Right? right.
0: Even if you have a dominant defensive line. Right. The chances of them winning in two seconds or less is very low. But, you, you know, three, four, then they're going to win. So right. if you just run quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, you know, and then run the ball at them and then make them have to play the run so they can't pin their ears back. Right. That's just a natural way you can at least eliminate a effective defensive line with corners if you have corners and secondaries that granted it takes all four dudes to be able to cover all five dudes nowadays with how many teams are running nickel and sub packages then that's going to be harder it might be it might be harder to find cuz you got to find five dudes as opposed to four right. you know what i mean or maybe just three dudes and then add two blitzers you know right. what i mean something right. like that but i think that's a really good discussion to kind of look at it and that's where i'm yeah. kind of starting to lean at least me personally, I'm starting to think that, OK, I want to sure up my secondary before and before my defensive line. I'm not 100 percent there. And it's it's individual to the prospect every single year who's available that. in the free agent market, et cetera. Right. Right. But I'm actually starting to see like more gray area in which part or which way I'd want to build. Right. Whether it's back to front or front to back.
1: Well, I'll say this. I'll say this it's harder, it's probably, it's probably harder to find really good secondary players than it is defensive line. I'll say that. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, your defensive line, if it's easier to build out that way, then why not go defensive line? I mean, obviously you're going to draft, but you, I mean, depending on the scout and, how you guys are doing it, you're going to draft best player
0: available. Best player available. I don't know who, you know, I
1: don't know how they really do it. You know what I mean? But, you know, best player available or, or, or or how they're really, you know, how they're really doing it. But I just feel like if it's, it's easier to find players in one unit, you know, and Mm -hmm. that unit can be dominant. You can make that other unit looks,
0: look good. This is true. This is true. And I think this Dolphins is. team is is actually one that's like built for example, back for example. to front. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. for example.
0: Yeah, they're they're exactly. a back to front team. You know what I mean? And that's a good defense. Ravens, I would also say they're a back to front defense. You know what I mean? Right. But then you have other good defenses they that are front blitz. to back. Right,
1: know? right. But they love to the blitz. They are probably you the know. number one ranked blitz team in the, between them and what?
0: it's it's Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore and Miami <laughs> those right. three and yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing it's like when you have secondary players your freedom to blitz like now it gets like all right we got to go away from this we got to go away from Byron Jones oh no we can't go to we'll go in Byron Jones because then we can't well we can't go at Xavier Rhodes right oh they took Javon Holland out of my ducks shout out all right we you know want to test the rook do you want to test the rook how much time do you have to test the rook because we send in we send in seven at you. We send in six. We send in eight. Right. You know right. what I mean? So that's really what I think is cool about this defense. But I think this year, with just who they lost and who they gained, more so than that, they lost – let's uh, quickly to look at it. They lost Kyle Van Noy. He went back to the Patriots. Right, right. Shaq right. Lawson was traded. He was mad. Yeah. Yeah. And then Shaq Lawson, he was traded to the Texans. Bobby McCain ended up signing with Washington, but they ended up replacing him by drafting Javon Holland, as I'd already mentioned. I right. do like the draft of Jalen Phillips out of Miami. I had him personally him. as the number one, what? Two? Number one, number one, one. edge rusher.
1: I'm trying to tell Henry that, bro.
0: That up. <laughs> you at work. Yeah. You Man. at work. But Jalen yeah. Phillips is about to do work on these tackles.
1: He is, bro. He, he just got to stay healthy. That's yep. his only thing. If he stay healthy. He could be the best pass rusher. Now yep. I do like uh we'll we'll get to him, obviously with with Buffalo, but Greg, he might have the highest feeling. Uh, you know, and, and mm-hmm. he's definitely really talented. He has all the measurables and all that that you look for, especially in the pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But I just Jalen Phillips, when I look at somebody that comes off that line, I mean that that first step. And that bend that he had. Right. It's the bend. I was going to say the same thing. It's different. It's Mm -hmm. different.
0: He's got that elasticity to his body. And that's just something you can't teach.
1: You can't teach it, bro. You can't teach it.
0: Mm So, yeah,
1: I agree. No matter how much technique you
0: work on, bro, no matter how much technique you work on, Shakira is right. Hips don't lie.
1: It don't lie. It don't lie. Just like speed. I mean, some just with speed. I mean, you know, us being Raiders fans, I mean, speed... It 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 kills, you know, and we've always that's been the history of the Raider. It's it's generational, you know what I mean. It's players that we're still drafting to this day that is speedy, whatever it is, defensive players, offensive players, whatever it may be, you know, um, just off the strength of because you can't teach it, you know. Right. So going back to I I do want to touch on something though. Going
0: back
1: into line, you know, it reminds it reminds me of kind of what you guys were talking about, the NFC West. Maurice Hurst and uh, Arden Key going over there. Those are two players that really can stand out this year because they have – and this is what I really like about the defense when you really add talent to the defensive line. When you have, you know, the Nick Boses, the Armsteads and whatnot, when you have those type of players that play real well on that on that line, it helps other players that may not be, you know – that good, or maybe good, but maybe they need a little bit more help, it, it helps them to really stand out. And Hurst may have a big year over there at San Fran.
0: I think it's he funny. will because I, I liked him. I liked Hurst a bro. lot.
1: I asked uh, my guy, you know, my my, my my bro, Daniel Lopez, you know what I'm saying? Diamond Talk.
0: Yeah, on Diamond Talk.
1: You know what I'm saying? he, he know, out. And it's a few of them, CJ, it's a few of them that know I was high on Maurice Hurst, bro. And I thought that he was our best defensive alignment. Now, maybe he doesn't really fit in Gus Bradley's scheme. You know, I I don't really know. We'll see how everything pans out. But I think he's one of those players that really could benefit against or with better defensive tackles and better defensive ends, you know, because, I mean, he's not somebody that can take over a game himself, but he's somebody that really can flourish True. with a defensive linemen. Absolutely. You know. Yep. So uh, that that's the thing when you look at secondary, and again, I'm I'm secondary guy, safety, corners. That's all I really, you know. I mean, I talk all football, but when it comes down to that, that's my that's that's where it's at. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the defensive line, you really could put pieces there, and then rotate them, or you can add, or however you want to do it, and it will stand out a little bit more than the secondary, in my opinion. Yeah. Depending on how you again, I mean, it just it depends because you can draft some dominant corners out there that really could, you know, could 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 really be all of that in that scheme. You know, but that defensive line, defensive line don't really rest four, three, three, four, however you want it, however you want to run it. If that defensive line is getting to that QB, it, it's gonna make it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, they can be more aggressive. They can jump routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can make, yeah, you can definitely elevate, and that's kind of, I think, what goes into, like, people watching ball. Like, you can elevate, like, oh, the corner will get elevated because of the pass rush, but then sometimes if you have, like, with Miami, like, you have really good secondary players, and then you have a lot of pressure coming at them, and it's, like, blitzing, but you only really have, sometimes in their sub-packages, like, three defensive linemen. When they go into those sub-packages, you have like that diamond front, you got the D tackles who are in one techniques. You mug up the linebackers in the B gaps. You walk up the slot corner. Now the offensive line is looking at one of two things. They can either hit you with a 5 0 call, which means you'll see the center or the guard do that a lot where well, they'll go five, five, five. That basically means you got hat on hat. Right. Offensive line is in a man on man. Or right. if they wave their hand, like wave it, this is all like specific to terminology, but if you wave it, then that means you're going to do a fan call. And then a fan call is going to mean the center either picks left or right. And then each guard or each tackle does a set that opens up to the person to the right or to the left, depending on what side of the ball they are on. And then thus that happens. That can make a defensive line then look better. This is, I think, just it gets back to the essence and the beauty of football. There ain't no one right way to do it. And there ain't no one wrong way to do it. How you do it defines your squad and your team. And be as successful Mm at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of success, bro, where do you have this Miami Dolphins team at this year, record-wise?
1: That's tough. That's tough because last year they should have made it. They won ten games. They went ten to six last year. I'm gonna say.
0: We probably gonna say every team throughout this division breakdown series got a tough schedule because <laughs> it's the <laughs> NFL and it's tough to win every it's week.
2: Tough. It is tough.
0: <laughs> it's tough to win uh, every week.
1: Man, I'm gonna say another nine and ten games, man. Ten. I, and, I got, ten got them at nine and eight. eight. I got them in nine, nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and eight, ten and, Because look, New England. I mean, any. I don't care who played New England. I just feel like they. You know, you just can't count them out. Then you got Buffalo. And those are divisional games. Okay. So that's that. Then you got us, which a lot of people might be counting us out. I don't know why. Because we was a face mask away. <laughs> uh,
0: unbelievable. What the hell? You know what Somehow. Sort of play. Right. R.E.T. Yeah.
1: The same. Yeah. Anyway. I don't,
0: yeah. We don't I, need to get there. I
1: wish I was on for the AFC West.
0: Yep.
1: But it is what it is. Then they got Indianapolis. They got Tampa Bay. Again, Jacksonville, I don't know. See, early on in their games, they may, they may not do too well. But later on, they may, I mean, with a rookie, again, going back to, and we'll we'll touch on that when we get to that division. You know, a rookie head coach, a rookie uh QB, we'll see how, the, how that go. A, a, a standout rookie head coach and a standout rookie QB. True. So we'll see how that go. I don't know how they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna look between the, the, the half of the season so that could be you know we'll see atlanta they could win that one but at buffalo houston they can win that and they got both uh baltimore but see miami is a real i mean you look at miami you look at what they've done and what they what they was able to do last year they've added some talent to a coming back in his next year improving obviously i i think he would i think he will uh you know um and you know, it's crazy too because when I watched him play last year, I thought he did pretty well. But when I looked at his stats, he did better than what I thought he really did. I mean, you know, he started late. He played in ten games, he started nine, eleven TDs, five touch uh or eleven TDs, five interceptions, QB rating at 87, completion rates. I just didn't look. When I watched him play, I thought maybe his his stats wouldn't look like this, but he, but he just, he didn't strong.
0: take risks. Like you can't he didn't, just... But as a
1: remember. He got, re, we got to remember he was
0: rookie. Oh, I know. I know. I know. And, but we saw like, we saw Burrow do it. We saw Herbert do it. Yeah. Granted, those guys you know, we were like impressive well, ass rookies. You're right. You know, I mean, we even saw granted it was in a limited sample size, but we saw right. Taylor Heineke taking more risks with Washington when he was out there playing. Like it's, and sure, that, that this is not an indication of what Tua is ever always going to be. Right. But if he's going to take that step, then well, he's going to have to start, look, NFL Open versus College Open versus Alabama Open.
1: <laughs> Those right, are three right, different
0: right, things. Right. right. You right. know, and, he, and you know, he I, I liked him as a prospect coming out. Mm-hmm. I liked him as a prospect coming out. I had him you know, just behind yeah. Justin <laughs> Herbert and behind um, Joe Burrow.
1: Okay, I was just going to ask.
0: Because yeah. I had him ahead of Herbert. I had him right you behind know, him, but I had Burrow ahead of Herbert.
1: I had, yeah, we all, I think, me, you, Henry, I think we all had Burrow. We all
0: had the same top three, and I think the only way it went was I had Burrow at, well, we all had Burrow we at We all one. had Burrow
1: number one, but we, we all had, had Burrow Herbert. one. I had then, Herbert three.
0: I know for sure. I mean, you might have had Jordan Love ahead of Herbert in my namaste. Have, yeah,
1: yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did.
0: I yeah, did. yeah.
1: I had Jordan Love above, which we'll see.
0: I'll be honest with you, bro. I, I mean, I watched all of Herbert's games. I did that. And his sophomore year, I always said his arm, but I had my, like, hesitation. I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, I've said this a million times. I didn't think Herbert would be this good. But I, I thought he'd start, but I didn't think he'd be this good. I
1: didn't think so at all. That's why I give him a lot of credit because yeah. I just didn't see him coming out being the QB that he is in week – I mean, not week, but season one. I mean, the 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 way he – and even with his deep passing, that was the biggest problem that I had with him in his last year with Oregon. I just felt like he wasn't as consistent as he was the year before, and I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know. I mean, he wasn't hurt, so it 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 led me to believe he was inconsistent. But then he mm-hmm. came in with the Chargers, and his deep ball is actually, I mean, his go-to. I he mean, that's why, cool. I like, I think so, bro. Yeah. 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 Well, we got. We got to get back. That's I like. That's why I wish I was on because you know I, I have my notes and all that. As far as you know, the, the, but Vince Lombardi, bro, that's why. Brandon Staley going over there, I'm not sure because the the he's this is his first time being the head coach. He's a defensive minded guy. You know, Vince Lombardi, though, I do like over there, and because he was a staple over there behind Sean Sean Payton over there in New Orleans,
0: they loved to throw the and I think him coming. The other, the other Lombardi.
1: The other, yeah. What? It's, what, the,
0: it's the other it's one.
1: The, what, I, yeah. Uh,
0: it's uh, oh shoot, what's his name? It? It's not Mike Lombardi. It's the guy that was with yeah. um freaking. He was with Joe Lombardi. It's Joe he was Lombardi. With Nor- it's Joe Lombardi. Yeah, he's he's been under Peyton for yeah, someone. It's Joe Lombardi. Yeah. There's Joe Lombardi. Yeah. There's Mike exactly. Lombardi. Uh, I read Mike Lombardi's book, "Great Iron Genius," amazing book. Read that if you haven't. But yeah, no, I'm with you on that. But we, we gotta get we gotta get really back into the, the ASC East. I know All you right. missed the sh- I know you missed the show, and I I wish you was there for it too. Uh, but yeah, so nine and eight for me. Your totals. You were saying I'll nine say, and eight, ten and I'll eight, say, or ten yeah, and seven. I'll, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I'll say nine and eight, ten and seven.
0: Do they make the playoffs? No. I'm with you on that too. I don't have I don't him mean, in this year.
1: Chan Gailey, being I'm a, that. That's gonna be my staple right there. We're gonna see how the offense look, but uh, that happening right there is my biggest, my biggest issue.
0: My thing. I'm with you, Chan. Like the offensive coordinator side of things, and then the offensive line. Like, like you said, young. You could get some dudes to improve, but I think losing Ted Karras, not having a lot of dudes yeah, in the middle.
1: Hey, okay, bro. He wasn't.
0: He, he wasn't, was good, bro. That dude was a top. What ten? No, Take not top ten. Not top 10, ten. Not top ten. I'd have had a. Million. I m I'd'd say top fifteen center oh, in the NFL.
1: Okay. I may even say top I'd say about top
0: twelve. Yeah, I go there. I'll go there. I'll go there. Twelve. I'll go there. Yeah, I'm with you. Like like, yeah, kind of in that range. Fifteen to twelve. Something like that. And when and it's not that like, oh, you lost a top twelve guy. What but it's who now is it's in Who there. you have
1: behind Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. That's, what I'm saying.
0: that's why like and then who else is at guard on either side of him. You know what I mean? Like you have a lot of people to use in that offensive line, but like wow. you said, we'll see. And I don't have them in the playoffs either. I haven't just missing because it's tough in the AFC.
1: It's tough in the AFC and AFC mm-hmm. I East.
0: Mean,
1: it is what it is. Like I mm-hmm. said, this thing we're going to talk about they. I love they offseason.
0: season. So mm-hmm. we will. We will now switch gears and we will move on to the Patriots. We will move on to the Patriots, the team that is destined to show that Tom Brady leaving. They can't let him win another Super Bowl. Hell in high water, even though he went to a team that's in another state from uh, the Dolphins that we just, or the same state of the Dolphins that we just reviewed. Right. But that's a big motivator for Bill. And that could be a motivator of why this this team spent so much in this offseason of free agency. And we covered that a lot with just all of the players. And, in, and to not just go through every single one because they broke the record in terms of free agency spending. The way I'll do it like this is just ask you, if you were just to pick one free agent signing that they did, which is your favorite?
1: If he could say healthy, Hunter Henry. Okay. Because we all know how Josh McDaniels and Bel Belichick Chek really work the tight ends. And, you know, I, I really feel like now, obviously – you know, it got to be a good QB behind them, and Cam Newton had his. He was up and down last year. He was somebody that I thought in the first maybe three four games, oh wow, Josh, maybe this offense could really take another, a different step with this offense because of how Cam Newton plays the game. But it didn't really go his way. I, you know, I I don't know if he was still hurt. I I don't know. He did. He just didn't look. He didn't look good. So they drafted Mac Jones, and we'll see how how that works. But I think if Hunter Henry is healthy and we have a solid QB, which I feel like both of these QBs, I feel like Cam Newton, obviously, is still solid. Mac Jones, if he end up starting, then I would have to expect he's a solid QB because who's going to really start Mac Jones over Cam Newton? It would either have to be if Cam Newton is hurt or Mac Jones is really just that dude. You know, and if he's that dude, then he's solid enough to obviously start over Cam Newton. So if Hunter Henry is healthy, I think he would be the most threat on offense. Okay. Nelson Aguilar, I like. I like him a lot, obviously, coming from the Raiders. I like him a lot. Uh, big contract, maybe a little bit. Well, I
0: ain't. You yeah, know, I, I wouldn't have paid him that much. I'm with you. Like uh, how the Raiders let him walk, and then we got in John Brown for basically like $3 million, Right. And they gave Nelson like 15 a year. Right, I mean, props to you, Nelson. Get your money, bro. Yes, again, you bro, that's what I'm out really, last season.
1: That's what, you know what I mean. I don't really want to knock what Nelson Aguilar what he was able to, you know, gain in this off season. I, I'm I'm proud of him. That's good. He he he, you know, he did what he did, and Derek Carr helped him. That's what I'm saying. It starts with the QB. He helped him, you know, be able to accomplish the things he was able to accomplish. Uh, but. Again, it's it just that tight ends, the way they was able to work the tight ends when they had when they had Gronk, when they had, you know, Rob. You know, it, it was it 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 was vicious over. It there. was he just needs to. he just really needs to stay healthy. And then I would probably say Nelson and then even Kevin Bourne, I like he's a sleeper, bro. I mean he only started fifteen games, which is a lot, but I mean he only had forty nine what passes. You know. Kendrick I- Bourne,
0: Portland, Oregon, raised. Yeah. Jesuit high school. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and went to San Fran and had what he had last year, the numbers he had last year. So, uh, you know, if any – and Josh McDaniels is kind of up and down, but I like what he's been doing recently. So, I like him as a sleeper there. Kyle Van Noy is on an angry tip. So, we'll see. How he plays, I like that. That yeah, I know he's defense, but I'm just saying I, I like the sure. whole offseason. you know. Uh, but yeah, I would have to go as far as offense. Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, second.
0: Okay. Then, yeah. Okay. And of course, in the draft, offensively, they took Mac Jones, round one, pick right. 15 overall, the highest spot that Bill Belichick has ever drafted a quarterback in his entire tenure as a head coach in the NFL. And then also in the, what was it? They grabbed Ramondre Stevenson, that huge running back out of Oklahoma.
1: Right. I think
0: in like the fourth round or something like that. But uh, Damian, uh, I think it was Damian Lewis is slated to be the starting running back for them. Right. Back there, or Damian Harris, excuse me, Damian Harris. And then still have Sony Michelle, James White to work in at third down. Mm-hmm. And this offensive line, even though they lost Joe Thuney, went to the Chiefs. I yeah. still think this offensive line is going to be solid. And that's one thing the Patriots always do is make sure they have a line that is like you can use this team to your advantage. Dante Skarniecki have been there for like seven decades or something like that. One of the best offensive line coaches in the league. They like – he tried to retire, and then they ended up pulling him back out of retirement, and he still ain't figured out a way to leave yet. But I like what, what you're looking at. Left to right, Isaiah Wynn. Probably going to go with Michael on one who ended up kicking out to tackle last year. Who's a six round pick by the way, and balled out last season, just balled out. Only Tristan Wirfs was probably the better tackle rookie last season, I would say. Yeah. And then Dave Andrews at center, Shaq Mason, Trent Brown from our Raiders. Right. And then they get it. And this is the thing too, bro, that Ted Karras signing. I don't think it Ted Harris has ever been mentioned more in a podcast than he has in this episode of Cover Zero. I'm going to just say that right now. Right. But, like, I think that signing, like, they're going to use him as depth. But that was probably mostly Bill just being like, look, looking at the same holes you and I pointed out right. with that Miami Dolphins team and then being like, how can I just poach this dude from them? Right. Give right. this guy, guy four-point whatever. I know their cap situation. I know we got a lot of it. Let me just go ahead and do this so they don't have him, and even if we don't use him, it's just a negative two opponent that I have to play twice a year. Right. Jedi mind games, bro. Um,
1: that's what I'm saying. It, it all works in their favor. I'm still not really high on um, – not so much high, but I just didn't think he had a great season take Harris. But because he had a solid season and because he's coming from a divisional rival, it, it makes sense for sure. You know, and but I think when I look at and just that that's offensive line, you're right. And when I look at this whole off this whole offseason with the Patriots, I just like what they what, what they did. You know. And, you know, we're not really we are normally not used to seeing Bill Belichick and this, you know, organization really go really, you know, aggressive in the off season. And they were able to they not only were they able to do so, but they did it. You know, and
0: yeah, they went super
1: aggressive. Even, even with the draft, like Christian Barmore, I think they got him in a second.
0: Second round. I, second I mean, round.
1: I think I had him. I might have had him, what, number one, number two?
0: Majid Defensive tackle?
1: Yeah. yeah I had
0: him number one. The yeah. things with Barmore, though, is like there was all those worries about like his character issues and things like that. But the one thing I would look at, though, and that's still at least with where he ended up going, right? If there's one person in the NFL, who has a direct line of communication in Nick Saban on these players that he has. Right. Bill Belichick. Yeah. It's Bill yeah. Belichick. It's, it's, right. it's Bill Belichick. And so he just was like, hey, what do I need to do with this kid? I see what he do on film, just like everybody do. How do I get around these other quote unquote character issues with him or these things that he needs to grow and develop and mature into? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Barmore. Great pick.
1: That's a great pick, great value, and even Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma. I, I mm-hmm. like him. I like him a lot as well. Really, really quick off the edge. Really, ex- just explosive. You know, got the length and everything you want as a defensive end. I just like what they did. I like what they did, and and when you, you know, when you when you look at all the add-ons that they have, and you look at the QBs. You know, I know there's a lot of people that still believe in Cam Newton, and you got Mac Jones. Obviously, CJ. I can't wait to see how Mac Jones do verse justin fields i'm on Justin Fields' side by the way for the listeners and cj got mac jones so i i can't wait to see how that turned out to be but that's still a good pick that's a good value because i i think a lot of us had mac jones probably going in the top when when did he go he went he went went first he would pick pick 15,
0: 15 and then i remember when we were going through our uh we had a we, him wrong we did our we did a QB episode. Me, you, and Henry did a QB right. episode, right. and we all said he's gonna go in the first round, but that if we were GMs, we, we would, would not do him. it. Right. I think but if was,
1: you're, um, I know a lot of Niner fans. It, it was the ro- whole thing went between.
0: Bro, that tornado of hype swirled up a lot of people. <laughs> you remember the movie Twister with with uh, Helen Hunt, bro? That was an F five of hype. <laughs> <laughs> right, bro.
1: Right. Right. I can't I'm I'm mad I'm blanking on his name, but he played in Tombstone. He just passed away a few years ago. But Bill, Bill Paxton. There you Bill go. Paxton.
0: Bill Paxson played in Tombstone. He was uh Hudson and Aliens.
1: Game over, man. Game over. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. my guy. He was an actor, bro. He was dope. He was good. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Shout out. Poor one out. Yeah, real shit. He
1: was the main, but he was the main actor in Twister. He was. It goes to your point. But yeah, bro. I mean, I just feel like you know, I, I, I'm unsure with him, but I feel like he's one of those teams where I wish he wouldn't have failed to.
0: Yeah, I hear you with that. You know what I
1: mean? Like, he's one of them, I don't think he's all that, but he fall to
0: the right head coach. And then he go to the Patriots, you're like, man, you that's go. cheating. <laughs>
1: there you go, right there.
0: Yep. No, that you're right, You're 100% right on that. There couldn't have been a better spot for him to fall to, to, to him to be able to just get everything like you don't doubt Bill Belichick for being able to set up the, like I said, the quarterback that he picked the highest in the draft right. for success. We can see that that's going to happen. So, but yeah, ultimately I have this team as the last team into the wild card this year. Uh, primarily, it's again going back to their defense. Right now, they were able to do a lot just retaining the guys they needed to. If you were to drop Barmore into this defense, that's a lot. And then they also were able to add Matthew Judon in free agency. Yeah, that was in Ravens.
1: Talk about that. That was a good one. Yeah,
0: big big add right there. And just that team, man. It's Jalen Mills also coming over.
1: Yeah, from Philly, he's a guy there. that's
0: played corner and safety when he was with Philly. Yep. And when he was coming out of Washington, I remember he was he was pretty he was pretty highly touted. And it's because of that versatility. And if there's any coach that knows how to get the most out of some dude who's versatile, we saw him do it with Devin McCourty, who was going on his, like, 19th year. Of course, that's hyperbole. Playing safety for them. For so long, he had uh, Patrick Chung coming out of Oregon that a lot of teams didn't want, that he was able to get super success out of. This is just another guy who falls on the scrap heap that other teams don't want, that Bill Belichick gets great production out of. And especially you have you have a dime look where you could drop Kyle Duggar in at linebacker playing next to Dante Hightower, who's coming up. Shout out to CJ. That's his dude. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I really love what I saw with Kyle Duggar last year on film. Every time I turned him on,
1: it's
0: very versatile. He he can to me, honestly, like just just run dime and play Kyle Duggar as your dime linebacker next to Dante Hightower. Set it and forget it. Drop Jonathan Jones into the slot. Let Gilmore and J.C. Jackson work outside. Devin McCourty going to be back there and put Jalen Mills at that rotator. Mm -hmm. Playing strong safety type of joker role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This defense is going to continue to do it again. And the one thing that always, I think, people know it, but they may not say it all the time, Bill Belichick defenses always execute and they always communicate. They communicate so well. And there's so many times where a coverage bus can just be a simple Lack of communication between two different people. And I think this defense is set to be able to have a lot of that go on. And, yeah, I have them back in the playoffs this year. I have them in that 10-7, and 11-6 range. 10-7 and 7 is what I'm predicting.
1: So you got them over Miami? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Yes, saying. I do. I have them coming in in the last place because the seven teams make the playoffs right now with yeah. each, with each division. I have them as the seventh team out of the AFC in the playoffs when the season's over.
1: Oh, okay, okay,
0: okay. Yep, I, I have two two teams coming out of the, I have I have the well our next squad the Bills I have them winning right. the division right, right, and no. then the other team in their division making the playoffs is the Patriots coming in at seven.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just and it's really because of the offseason that they had, you know, the off season that they had and the head coach that they got. I just, you know, it's hard for me not to believe in this team. I got them the same. Ten and ten and seven. Uh, what is it? Eleven. And ten 6? and seven or
0: eleven and six. Yeah, ten, eleven wins somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah.
1: Over there, it's just. And I hate to, you know, I mean, I'm a Red fan, so you know, it's a lot of memories.
0: <laughs> a lot of memories. Oh, and bro, who who starts week one according to you? I'm going with Cam. Back. I'm a little Me too.
2: Biased.
0: No, I'm going Cam too. I'm going
1: Cam, not only because I'm a little biased, but because. I just feel like last season it was different with him coming over there with Josh McDaniels and all of that. I feel like now having a full year on how Josh wants the offense ran and how he knows he has to run the offense. It's kind of like a balance type of thing with them. I think that he'll be able to win the position over Mac Jones. And I just, you know, I again I wasn't really I wasn't really high on Mac Jones. You know, this is why we I, I can't wait until obviously this is on year one. You know, this is not going to prove too much. We'll see how the next few years go between Justin Fields and Mac Jones, between me and CJ, as far as the QBs, who's better. But I just think Cam Newton, the veteran leadership, them bringing him back because they didn't have to. And then, you know, Josh McDaniels making it work because the first three, four weeks, I
0: thought. They look nice. Wow, okay. They look nice. Yeah,
1: this this is gonna work. I never seen all. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady and you know the way the way he the way he plays QB and the way Josh McDaniels was calling plays at that point in time. I didn't think that was that was something that was gonna work, but it worked. And I just think because Cam Newton caught COVID, I think he caught COVID at at a certain point in time, you know, and then he got hurt after that. He just wasn't the same. So it was it was yeah. What was it? Was he falling off or was he? Hurt or was it because of COVID? Because he didn't recover. I, you know, I don't really. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cam because he's had a lot of success. He's a veteran, and I think he'll yeah he'll he'll beat out Mac Jones.
0: I'm with you on that one. He'll beat out Mac Jones. He's already got the like like I talked about this on the draft show. Like when those dudes are in a locker room and they're sitting there next to each other and one of them putting on the pads, you see Cam jacked to the teeth, bro, right? Looking like a tight end bodybuilder, right? Then you see Mac Jones look like he's sitting there with more IPAs than me <laughs> with, with his beer belly and stuff. You know, there's just Cam commands that type of respect. And the teams like, I don't think Mac Jones is going to come in, like CJ and I had talked about with the Niners, like where Trey is going to be like, look, bro, this dude is something else. We love Jimmy, but however, no, no, no. no. I don't think it's going to be the young dude looks like he's the part more than the older guy. I think in the case of Cam and Mac, the older guy, this dude, don't necessarily look older, but we just know we can ride with him. And Bill's going to know. Bill's going to know. If Cam has the same sort of like, he's going to come out the gate, go into work because Cam goes to work. Cam puts in the work. Right. And so week one, two, three, Cam going to be ready to go. Cam going to know have, have the second year offense ready to work. And with this two tight end scheme that we're going to see, and especially a quarterback that's also a running threat, that's going to pose a whole entire new look to teams playing against this squad, mm-hmm. right? They're going to look completely different. They had nobody that could stretch the field really last year apart from Demir Bird, and he's not the deep threat that Nelson Aguilar that is. is. You know what I mean? He's right. not even the deep threat that Marvin Hall is, right. who came over and is now on the squad. Now you also have two tight ends that are mismatch nightmares in Jonu Smith and in Hunter Henry, yeah. right? I mean, you have so many more things that you have to account for with this offense if you have a quarterback who can run. And if Cam is right, they're going to ride that ship out and just let Mac chill and let Mac learn. But if it doesn't go right, then at that point you can insert, all right, Mac, look, now it's time for you to go. And maybe he's ready, maybe. I mean, then we'll go ahead and see and look at it at that point. But week one, I would honestly bet a lot right now that Cam Newton starting week one. I'm with you there. With you there 100%. But we will now advance to the last team in the division, but not last in terms of their placement. No, 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 no. We're going to advance over to the Buffalo Bills, who last year, 2020, lost in the AFC Championship game to the yep. Kansas City Chiefs. And basically, what the Bills did, they kind of just said, let's run it back. In, in so many words. They kind of just said, let's run it back, more or less. Team right. had five all-pros last year, all on offense, one on special teams with Andre Roberts making it as a return specialist. The Bills won their first four games of the season because Josh Allen took this massive leap as a quarterback. His ability to throw the ball improved drastically. He started layering throws. He started using touch. So many scouts have talked about when they first saw Josh Allen throw in person that the ball came out of his hand unlike it came out of anyone's hand ever, which is pretty crazy considering the amount of quarterbacks that are out there. But this offense was averaging 30 points a game. They beat our squad, the Rams, the Jets, and the Dolphins. They ended up losing their next two. They were beat down by the Titans, 42-16. to That was the game where Derrick Henry basically took Josh Norman and threw him like into Toonville like when LeBron fell into Space Jam. Like, that's when Derrick Henry did to him with that stiff arm. Right, right. And then KC ended up beating them when they just, you know, the Bills play a lot of too high coverage, and KC ran the ball down their throat. And then after their bye, starting in week 29, Bills rattled off six straight, and every single team throughout that entire six-game winning streak, they beat, by more, they, they beat by double digits. That team went on a roll after their bye. Team went on a roll. Beat the Colts in a really dope wild card game, only by three points. Mm. Put it on the Ravens, but it was a defensive battle, which was cool to see. But there was a lot of wind. I remember in that game, they missed something like three field goals. Lost to the Chiefs, and then they took, and then they took, you know, they took that on the chin. And I remember Stephon Diggs sitting out there at the end of the game, and he watched the whole entire presentation of the Chiefs winning the AFC title, and like the whole thing. They bring the coach up there, they have that whole thing, and he just sat there and he watched it. And they're like, why are you doing this, Stephon? What, what's going on, Diggs? Why, why did you do this in the postgame presser? And he's like, I wanted to soak up every ounce of that, not just the four quarters and the 60 minutes that I played, but I wanted to sit there and watch them win that because I wanted to do that next year. And I know I have everything in place for this team to do that next year. So that I'm going to take with me into the offseason, and I'm going to work extra hard to see that it is a reality for our squad. Right. Thought that was super dope. Thought that was super dope, and head coaching wise, they're running it back. Sean McDermott, he's back. Yep. Fifth year as the Buffalo head coach, kind of crazy to think about.
1: He's doing a really good job too. You can He coach.
0: absolutely is top ten coach in the league. I think bar none. By far, by, by far. far, easily, he's yeah. there. Top. top. See, see, top see, see, see where where he falls. I mean, off.
1: And we, we, you know, what's crazy? We talked about this before, though. We talked about head coaches. I remember we talked about Mike Tomlin. We talked about Sean McDermott. Yep, we talked about maybe having, you know, top top ten having the episode. We we didn't have time because we was talking about a whole bunch of other things. That's what we should do before the season ends. Top end, bro. 10, yeah, top ten head coaches. Sean McDermott is, he's
0: below. in there. He's there. It's just he's where below. he is I, in there. It's the question.
1: I say top six.
0: I say top six. Off top of my head, that kind top of six. sounds. I mean, we
1: look at it, he might be right outside top five, maybe in the top five. That's where I'm, that's where I say top six. Probably, we should probably know, do that, that show,
0: because that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, he's either way, you break it down. He in a top 10. We ain't going to even look at that at any other way. Brian Dable coming back. AP, Offensive Assistant of the Year. All of us are surprised. That dude didn't get a job. Eric Biennemi didn't get a job. Not to bring it back to the AFC West, but Those two were the top of the guys, the the top guys in our summation to get a head coaching job going into 2021. And then they got Leslie Frazier at defensive coordinator. This is a really good squad going Mm -hmm. forward. And they didn't really lose a ton in terms of personnel. We'll start off with the defense right now. Lost Quentin Jefferson, retain guys like Levi, Levi Wallace at corner, Matt Milano, great retain, great retention right there because. Having a coverage linebacker, especially when you have someone that can play sideline to sideline, like Tremaine Edwards, right, or Tremaine Evans, like that type of guy to compliment him is the same thing that you got over there in Tampa Bay with the sideline to sideline, see ball, get ball guy in Devin White, and then the coverage guy in Levante David. It's exactly what you want. And they retain Mario Addison as well. Mm-hmm. They drafted to improve the pass rush also. Greg Russo, Carlos Basham. Right to pair with A.J. Epinesa, who they drafted in the first two rounds last year. Mm -hmm. And just my question, bro, do you think what they have invested in this draft over this previous season and the season before is enough to get this Bills defense to return to their 2019 form where they were arguably a top five, for sure a top 10 defense?
1: Yeah, I I think it helps because their defense in 2020 was not the same defense. And they had the same players for the most part. But one thing they were lacking was pass rushers and run stoppers. And you get Greg, somebody that has a lot of potential to be both, you know, obviously a pass rusher and even a a run defender, you know, because of his length and and how he plays the game, how he played the game over there in Miami. And then getting Carlos Basham, Boogie, over there in Wake Forest in round two, I I just think they they addressed that position. So you know, and they but they have talent. That's the thing. They they have the talent there, you know, available to them. And then when you add top pass rushers, pass rushers that I like to that roster, I think that helps them even more. So yeah, I I do think they can get there. We were confused. I remember when we were talking about it last year. We didn't really understand what was going on because you had McDermott as the as the head coach, defensive coordinator, future. I mean, present defense or. He yeah, he basically is like the measures
0: the DC, but that D uh, yeah you know I know what you mean the defense right, running you know him yeah
1: he was he was he was a pass defense coordinator became a head coach and had that defense playing really well and then all of a sudden and last year they just kind of faltered and then they kind of came back a little bit in a sense but they you know it was the pass rush that really you know and they got really great value in Greg because you know when you look at these you, when you look at the scouts and just where everybody had these pass rushers. Greg was the number one guy everybody had ranked number one. He didn't play last year. But they had him ranked as the best pass rusher because of what he did the year before. Now, me and you. And Some people Phillips, had Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Some people had Quiddy I mean, Pay, but you're right. Greg was right there.
1: We love, but, but that's what I'm saying. It was because of COVID season, we were up and down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had Jalen Phillips. You had Jalen Phillips. I mean, that's kind of how it was. But majority. Seventy percent had Greg Russo over most, and he fell to them. The guy, the, the team that was mm-hmm. in the championship game. So I mean, you know, you, you the, the, the 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 ceiling is high for this very player. So I, I like that pickup, Carlos, who I thought maybe was a round two, round round three pickup. They got him in round two. That's a good pickup. So I, I really feel like they have addressed it. I feel like they have talent, talent already. And Oliver, who we, who I feel like we we probably could have drafted over Clint Farrell. Yeah. Bruh. Man. He's just one of the players. He's one of the players. He's he's
0: a, I wanted Brian Burns. Him. I want. I wanted Brian Burns. I, didn't know, I
1: wasn't even high on him, but
0: Josh, I love me some Brian Burns. It's that elasticity, like we were talking about right. with uh, I was that was my guy. But I, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Brian Burns, Kentucky, yeah, yeah. Ed. Yeah, so I'll also say Montez Sweat, and I don't even know if he's better than Cleveland. So you know,
1: he he is. I mean, I think he is. He, you know, what I'm
0: saying, like yeah, like you know, like if if let's say Farrell had a better year this year,
1: we'll see. Yeah, yeah, then you know what hard. I mean. Yeah,
0: but either way, either way, no, I hear what you mean. But Ed Oliver, yeah, he's he's nice. Yeah, bro. So
1: I mean, at this point, I feel like they already have enough talent. I don't know why they what what exactly happened but now they added more talent to that roster especially on the D line where they needed more help at least the way it looked like when you watching film on them or just watching them play live that's where they needed the help and that's where they addressed it so bro, i feel like they i feel like they addressed it for sure
0: i do too and like the thing i'm looking like if i look at their like just the defensive lines like just the depth chart right bro they got like and i know this is a big we agree on this proponent just philosophically like rotate dudes in and out, have dudes for certain situations, have dudes for certain roles, right? They have nine dudes that are capable of being one of four positions, right? That's what's – and you have a coach like Sean McDermott who is really, really, really good at understanding and diagnosing his opponent's offensive lines, tendencies, blocking principles and rules and being able to get a lot out of out, out a lot of these guys. And so if you look at it, probably their starters probably you're going to look at Jerry Hughes on one side and Mario Addison that they retained going to be on the edge. Probably dropping Ed Oliver and Vernon Butler in the middle. Maybe if you're just expecting a run you drop Star Latuley in there to three technique or Harrison Phillips. Then on top of them Greg Rousseau and Basham can maybe play in sub packages. Oh yeah. And then there's A.J. Epinesa, who can play over the yeah. whole entire offensive line. Yeah, who we were high on coming out. Yeah. Like, I mean, they got nine dudes that just could be out there any given snap right now. Right. Uh, and I think that's like this. Like, this was, this was cool. Like, they recognize, all right, we got to get more pass rush if we want this defense to return to form that we previously had. And maybe Leslie Fraser and, and McDermott sit there and be like, look. We got to mix up a little bit more blitzes. We got to do that. Our secondary is nice. Secondary is nice. We have one of the best safety tandems in the NFL with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Shout out to Oregon State. We also got Jadavious White, who was one of our Pro Bowls, the only defensive Pro Bowler that they had. I know at the beginning I said they were all on offense. I forgot Trey White. My bad. How did I forget Trey White? Granted, he had a down year, but a down year for Trey White is still, you know, what it was last year. Yeah. Very, very good. He had a down year. He had a down year, but he was still – he he still made second-team All-Pro last season. Yeah. Still made second-team All-Pro. But – and then Teron Johnson playing in the slot. I mean, Teron Johnson's play in the AFC title – not the AFC title game, but in the divisional round where he had that 100-yard pick six on Lamar. That was really the difference maker. Otherwise, it's a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter. Right. So, I mean, this this Buffalo Bills defense, if they return to just some form of what they were in 2019 – People are going to have to look out. People really going to have to look out. But if we were to go to the other side of the ball, and we were to look at the offense, that's where this team makes their money. They lost John Brown. He's coming over to our Raiders. Yep. John Brown's healthy. That's going to pay dividends for the Las Vegas offense. But they replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders. And then apart from that, the offensive line is mostly the same. It's mostly the same offense, really, in in, as a whole and they basically when i said at the beginning of the show they was just like let's run it back they lost lee smith who was a former raider he went to the falcons but he was primarily just a blocking tight end but they did add jacob hollister who filled in real nice for seattle last year as like an h-back tight end guy he can compliment dawson knox to give them something in the middle of the field Mm. opposite of cole beasley right and i just i think that this 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 team is looking real good in terms of their offense. Same here. Drafted Spencer Brown in round 3 out of Northern Iowa who is Were you a Game of Thrones fan? No. Okay. In Game of Thrones they had this dude that they called the Mountain because he's so massive. And Spencer Brown reminds me of the Mountain on like on, you know, uh, on a diet. Right? This dude is 6 foot sure. 9 and he's less than 310. At 6'9", and you're going to play in the NFL. He was a high school tight end. Dude can move and is super athletic, and he, they don't even have to necessarily go to him to start. right? He's a depth piece, as is Tommy Doyle, their round five pick out of Miami, Ohio, who PFF had as one of the best pass-blocking tackles in the entire draft this last season. They got him in the fifth round, and when you pass as much as Buffalo does to just get this guy as like your fourth or fifth option, mm-hmm. nicely done really 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 nicely done. Overall man, this offense I think is going to be just as good if not maybe even a tick better than they were last year. The only thing that's kind of lacking with them is their designed run game. I don't know if they want to run the ball more, they probably just want to run the ball better. I would say. Good point. That's
1: a good point right there. You
0: know what I mean? Run just philosophically. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how they're looking and I'm just I got this team pegged for I got this team sitting right now at 12 and 5. For next season, 12 and 5, they could even 13 and 4 is possible, very 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 possible. 12 and 5, 13 and 4. That's where I see this team right now, um probably finishing close to second or third in the in the AFC, maybe a couple other teams that can go up and sneak them, but they're taking the division this year, and this is ultimately why I wanted to do them last.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could see that. Maybe uh, you, you got the ultimate. What do you got? What do you got? You got tw- 13 and.
0: 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. Let me, let me. 13 I'm going go to go 12 and 5. 12 and 5 sounds about right.
1: I'm going to go 12 and 5. I'm going to go 12 and 5 with them. Uh, I do like kind of how their schedule is lined up. You know, you. I mean. You look at Pittsburgh. They got Pittsburgh week one in Buffalo.
0: I'm not oh, high on
1: Pittsburgh this year, so uh, they're, they're, they're going to. be. Yeah, I'm not. A, well,
0: I mean, we'll we'll get to that. Division.
1: Offensive line. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. But you know, there are another there another discussion. We'll get into that. And then they got a divisional rival. We can go either. I way. think
0: the bill. Either way, I think the Bills beat them week one.
1: Yeah, Miami. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Bills beat Steelers week one.
1: Steelers, and then what? They got Miami. And they'll, then they beat they'll Miami? Split. They'll split with Miami.
0: Oh, and Steelers. I, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean. I got Bills starting <laughs> to gate out one, two, three, four, and oh. And then losing to the Chiefs.
1: Washington is going to be tough, but I, I got them winning out yep. one. AC. that's going to be tough. Yeah, losing against KC. Losing to KC.
0: so I got them starting out four and oh. Yeah. And then they go KC and the Titans back to back, and the Dolphins ain't gonna be easy. Beat the, Dolphins, the Jags, beat saying. the Jets.
1: They'll split with the Dolphins. I think they'll split with the Dolphins. Jags they'll beat them. Beat, they'll beat the Jets. They'll probably they'll yeah they'll be in Indianapolis, New Orleans. I got them beating them. New England again going back to them.
0: Bucks These, Panthers. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'll say five losses. Five losses. Yeah, twelve and five. Twelve and five sound right. 12-5 even though that's one more loss than they had before and then they'll come to the Jets and they might they might be in position cuz they closed the year out with the Falcons and the and the Bills they might might be in position to be able to rest their starters come the last week of the season and then that's why they fall to 12-5 That's
1: a good one. that's that's a good way to
0: look at it you know what i mean okay. so but yeah that's yeah good. I don't the- oh, know i might have them sweeping now
1: but you're right they may rest Depending on how to, how it goes, if it go that way, then, yeah, they'll probably rest their starters, and then they'll give New York, you know, edge up, and they'll probably win that game. Even though they may lose that. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. New head coach, new. But they may get it together at that point in time. Atlanta going to week 17. I Got them winning that one. And new England. I got them splitting with New England-Miami for sure. So, however you want to.
0: I think I got I them sweeping. I think I got them. I got them splitting with, with uh, New England, man. and then I think I have you them sweep, sweeping Miami, splitting All New right. England.
1: Sweeping Miami, Whoa, Sweeping
0: Miami. Miami. They they did it last yeah. year.
1: Yeah, but bad. I mean, two are
0: coming into a second year, bro. And and we talked about it, bro. Two are coming into a second year with a questionable offensive line and two offensive coordinators. You don't know who to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, right. But we,
1: but remember, I told you though, that's the offensive line. It's a young offensive line. We're not sure on how they're gonna play. We counting them out because they didn't play all of that last year. But see, sometimes players gotta develop. They don't come into the first year just. You're right. You're right. Line.
0: Development. The yeah. development is gonna be key I mean, for key Miami. Key, bro. It's key.
1: It's key. You're right. I don't, team. I, any team. Any
0: team. But I, I don't think like like the Bills. I think my like development is more key for Miami. Than it is for
1: Buffalo. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're going off a, a team that was just an AFC championship game.
0: And they didn't really lose anything. No. Like, I mean, like didn't. what did like Buffalo lost like nothing. But
1: divisional games, you never know.
0: You're I know right. Last I, year,
1: I, last year, bro, as much <laughs> you you already know as dire as, as, as far as with the Raiders. I did not have us beating the Chiefs at all. I neither
0: did I. And we um, we should have beat them. Henry did actually. Henry I mean, had a Henry beating did. the Chiefs. Henry had a splitting with the Chiefs. I remember.
1: Yeah, I do too. I do too. I remember having a conversation before we even got on the podcast. He actually told me that he thought that, that we at least won one game. And not mm-hmm. only did we win that one game, we should have won both games. So oh. I'm just saying, divisional games you You're don't right. really know him because Miami is one of those nine between eleven. Right. Two, yeah. No. I mean, I wouldn't
0: be shocked if they did, but I'm not gonna like pick them. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. that's might. just me. Yeah, Yo, that's just me. We might
1: have to bet a beer on
0: that one too. All right. We're <laughs> gonna we gonna bet a beer. We <laughs> gonna we're gonna make us a nice like we gotta ha- we gonna have at least a six pack of bets. <laughs> a Hell six yeah. pack. Yeah. Just, I mean you think about it, a six pack, a night depending on what type of six pack or a four pack anyway. I'm not gonna get into all that, but yeah, but we'll have we'll have we'll have our beer bets throughout the course of the year. Sounds
1: good. Yeah, because I, right. I just think Miami, Miami is just a tricky I don't like how they do how they did the coaching. But see, I didn't like a couple moves they did going into twenty twenty, and they went ten to six. So it's just it's it's just one of those things where I just I'm not I, I'm I'm unsure. But then because they've had success, they know something mm-hmm. we don't. That's and true. And because they've they've added talent, it's not like they've lost. I mean, they've lost. Oh,
0: that's something I don't even know if we touched on that. We didn't touch. Xavier Howard is upset with his contract right now.
1: You think he'll be there? At all? I think he'll be there. Bro, be there.
0: that's the biggest thing. Like that's I that was a thing I had it written down right here in my notes. But we got to go and how we do, and so you know got to let the conversation pursue as it is. Right. But like he's here, like he's got basically how the CBA works. You know, holdouts don't work for players like they used right. to, right. etc. You know, so Xavier Howard has he can go one of three ways really. One way he can go is he can just be like, no, nah, I'm gonna hold out. Right. Another way he can go is that he can show up and just be like, I'm gonna be unhappy, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a pest. You're only gonna like me here to the point to where I don't care what you trade me for. You think he another, will as a I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I that's that's the one I don't think he'll pick. I don't. But I mean, I don't know Xavier Howard personally, so I mean I don't you know. But if I were to guess, no, I'm not gonna expect that's what he's gonna do. Right. And then another way that he could go is he could go the Jalen Ramsey route and the Jalen Ramsey route is you can reference an injury that you are maybe like, it's kind of known you've been dealing with this for the more or less a certain part of your career. Right. We've known that Xavier Howard has knee, knee issues and has had knee problems in the past. Yeah. And so he could then show up week one. All right, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm here. I'm motivated. And for the team, his attitudes positive, he's inspired. Oh, oh shoot we're in OTAs we're in training camp my knee no one can tell him his knee hurts or does not no one can only him right, right? and then he says all right my knee hurts sorry uh and then he's like look no, and then he, he approaches ownership look I, I just I need a trade I'm not happy yeah my knee's hurting like da da, da 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 and then they trade him and then as soon as he gets traded yeah my knee's good when Jalen Ramsey was in the same position with Jacksonville my back that's my true. back my back my back
1: that's true
0: soon as the Jaguars traded him to the, to the, to the Rams, my back good. <laughs> I mean, this is this, we and I don't know. And, and again, like I said, I don't know the man. I don't expect that this, like just with how he plays on the field, like the dude is tenacious. You know what I mean? So, but if he's not happy with ownership, you want, you don't want to upset Xavier Howard there. You want a motivated, a ready-to-go, plugged-in Xavier and Howard. And however they got to where they are right now, we don't know the nit-grit and the details. If he's not there, let's just say, let's, let's do it like this. If he's not there, I think that there's still, still got Byron Jones, who's a number one corner. You know, he's a number one corner. And then if, if he's not, then they could promote is Noah.
1: I think, I think me? he is.
0: I think he is. A number one, number one corner. Think about it, bro. Number one. That means he's your number one corner in the in the, in the NFL. Like like he's your guy. Like that's it. Jalen, like, like, like is
1: he like you could put you could put him number one, but is he a number one?
0: Yes. Because think about it, bro. This is what I always go back to. He's there's gotta be 32 number one corners in the NFL. Right. And it's never gonna work out to where this team has their has has like like right now, like I'd put I'd put Byron Jones, like we were talking about with Ted Karras in that 12ish 12. range.
1: All right, all
0: right, right? You know all right, what I mean? There's right. 32 teams. All right. Every team thinks they got a number 1, right? So Byron Jones to me, if he's on some other team, he yeah, he's a number 1. You know what I mean? But he it just so happens he plays opposite of Xavier Howard, who's a true top player. 5. <laughs> Darius Williams, right? Darius Williams like uh like like C J and I were talking about. Right. Darius Williams, I think, in certain schemes on certain teams, could be a number one. It just so happens that he plays opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Right. J.C. Jackson, like we just broke down with the Steelers, he plays opposite of Stephon Gilmore. You know what I mean? So it's like it doesn't always work out where the number one is where he's at in that pecking order. So, yes, I would say to answer the question, yes, I would say Byron Jones is a number that? one. Is he a top ten corner? No, I don't have him as a top ten. But number just outside of it.
1: Right. He's the number one on their team. And then that, it makes you explain, well, who's on their, who's all on their team and, and who is he competing against? And, all. and then you look at the contract he's got and everything else. Has he really lived up to being the number? Now, he just was signed. It's only been what?
0: This is his second season. This will be his yeah. second season yeah. with Miami.
1: Two years. So, I mean, but he's not over Xavier Howard. Right. And with Xavier Howard being gone, is he a he is a number one when you talk about Xavier and Howard being gone? Is he I a would two, I would is say he a number one where you could put him on, you know, Hopkins or is he yeah. somebody that you could really say, okay, I feel comfortable. Yes. I, mean, I have to feel comfortable because he's yes. the best on our team. But is he somebody that's gonna slow He he's
0: not he's, not he's not he's not he's not locked down because he ain't top ten. But I think like like to have a to have on your roster on your a,
1: roster most definitely as
0: a number one. I think okay. you can say yes. I have a number one. Like like in terms of like a, a stud. That's what that's what basically when you say number one. I got a number one receiver like New England. Do they have a number one receiver? It's Nelson Aguilar. It's Kendrick Bourne. Right. They got a number one.
1: You know really. Like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm
0: trying to get at. Like, a, a, I, think, I think I think Byron Jones is that.
1: Okay. So yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Roster wise, he's number one, but around the league, when you're playing against other teams, is he really going to be able to lock yes. down?
0: Not lock down. I mean, maybe not lock. No one. I mean, no one locks yeah. down. But my point. Not lock down, but I mean, you you know what I mean? You
1: know my, what I'm saying? My,
0: my point with like the whole thing of number one. Every team in the NFL mm-hmm. would like to have a number one, and you don't you don't mean like he's number one in terms of top ten. But I think, like, you could have – I think there's about 15 to 20 number, quote-unquote, number one receiver, number one corner, number one. Like, you got a primary. I get what you're
1: saying. I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? And
0: And he's that.
1: Team-wise, for sure. I just – what I'm trying to get at is if you lose – to answer your question, Mm -hmm. if you lose Xavier and Howard – how effective it will be, because I think that's the ultimate question. I think it will be very effective. Of because course, think, of course. I think, yes. I think Xavier Howard is somebody that is a top five true yes. corner throughout yes. the league. And yes. I don't know if, you know, I, I don't Byron jo I mean, he's he's solid. Yeah, he's he got that fat contract. He's he's solid. But I don't I I have to rely on him because he's our second best option. He is our number one. But is he is somebody that I think that's going to go in and really do the work that Xavier and Howard did on the number one wide receivers on the opposite no, team? No, he,
0: he's not Xavier Howard, yeah. but I'd still think, you, like, if you're looking at your roster and you it say, is, yeah. I have a guy yeah. Russell, that right. is, like, top 10-ish and around the pro. I mean, we are, we are two years removed from him being an all-pro. We are two years removed from that.
1: Right. After he signed his big contract.
0: Sure. But if then, if, <laughs> but if then let's say, Zavian goes, because that's why, that's, why, that's where the discrepancy with Zavian exists right now, is he wants a new deal. Right. right. Byron is making more money than him. That's why he wants his deal. And sure, yeah, he should. But we all know how NFL contracts work. You, it is, it's a, if, if, if Zavian sticks around right now, and plays out the duration of the contract. Xavier's going to be paid out. But we all know the NFL stands for not for long. So he wants his money now. And I just don't know how the Dolphins rectify this situation to where it's, to this point, to where it's reached. You know? I don't know. And it's it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. His cap hit going into this year. In 2021 is 13 and a half million, mm-hmm. right? Which isn't like you know he that puts him at what he's he he's on. I mean, honestly, now that I look at this, you know what? Where do you think Xavier Howard's cap it is this year? In in terms of in terms of not not the figure, just in terms of where he's paid. We both have him as a top five cornerback according to ability, but right. where is he in terms of it being paid?
1: That's a good question.
0: I didn't think it was the, I didn't think it where it was where it is right now. Where is it at? I'm not sure. He's the fifth highest paid cornerback this year according to cap Oh
1: well that makes
0: sense. He now the team has a potential out in 2022. Right. The Dolphins can get out of this deal with only two point eight million in dead cap. If he sticks around, in twenty twenty two he's owed fourteen million. In twenty twenty three, he's owed thirteen million. And in 2024, he's
1: owed 12.5, And that's, is that over the cap?
0: What? That's, this over is a spot, track. Track, per spot yeah. track, per spot track. Spot track. Per spot track. Yeah, the, those are the two sources that, yeah, you got to trust when it comes to salary cap. Over the cap and spot track. Okay. Spot I track mean, just lays it out the way that I like it. You know, so. I feel
1: it. I feel it.
0: But yeah, no, I didn't, but honestly, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know this is what his salary was looking like. That's I'm wondering if it's his guarantees.
1: It might be. It got to be, because, I mean, you're getting paid as top five corner. That's what we, I mean, we just, we have you. I mean, just us personally.
0: Right. I don't know what more, like, I mean, get all your money. Here's what I, so now looking at it, like, as I look at right now, he going to be there. He got to
1: bro. I mean, he'll be there. He'll be there, bro. He'll be there. And the team is. He's
0: his base getting, is 12 million. If he just plays, his base yeah. is 12 million. If
1: he can get out, like I said. I mean, if if it's that big of a deal, Miami can get out
0: of it. You know. Miami won't though. I mean, I honestly they'd be stupid, I think, to cut bait. Like I think Miami has yeah. the leverage right now. That's the that's the that's
1: Right, the, that's right, right. Yeah, that's, facts, that's facts. But if they could, they can get out of it next year though, right?
0: Right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They got that out in twenty twenty two. They only are owed two point eight million dead cap, which is nothing. Nothing, nothing. His dead cap hit right now is sixteen million this season against the cap. So, you know but yeah, no, his, his his twelve million base, bro. You're not walking away from that. His contract that he signed, he signed a five year, seventy five million dollar contract with the Dolphins. Seven million dollar signing bonus, thirty nine million in guaranteed money. Average annual salary of fifteen mil. That's that's some that's some cash right there. I didn't know he was. It
1: seemed like it's something perfect because they had something before with Xavier and Howard. It was something on it was it was something going before before this whole situation. It was something up in the air. And I and at that time I thought it was just contract ex- extension. But it now it pops up again. I I don't know if it's I, I don't know. It just seemed like it's deeper than what it what it's saying it is. I, I don't know if it's more to it or what it is, but there was a point in time where we thought Xavier and Howard was going to be traded or let go prior to this situation Mm -hmm. so you know i i I don't really know what's what's the if it's he just don't want to play there and see that's that's confusing because this team is on the up and you know they're we questioning it's funny because we questioned brian Flores a while ago um i know alonzo the, the the linebacker you know it was random the way he left how everything went down with him it just was that we, Kiko. Yeah, Kiko. Went Yeah. To it just was one of shout,
0: shout out to U of O. Yeah. Guy.
1: It just was a weird situation the way it went down, and then they started went. I don't know. Then the team kind of Riley behind Brian Flores, so I I don't know that. That's why I'm I'm curious to see how everything's going to turn out. We're a fan of him over here at Cover Zero. We like what he's done. The team has played well. They should have made the playoffs last year, but then there'd be questionable things that's going on behind scenes, it seemed like, with certain players or players in general, you know. And um, we just got to see. We got to see what happens. But I'm, you know, I'm curious. Curious of it. Curious of it for sure.
0: M2. Well, that is the AFC East, according to us. Good stuff,
2: bro. Hell yeah.
0: Good stuff. We unplugged everything within this division. If you still have questions or comments, hit us up at the SSAW Facebook page. You can get at me on Facebook as well. Jordan Robinson, Colinwood Jai on Facebook for Josiah. And we will be back next week with an NFC team, may stick it with the NFC East to keep bouncing back between geography and different divisions. We'll definitely let you know and keep you posted. Until then, this is only our last week without football. It's coming. It'll be the greatest time of the year when it does. Keep it locked with Cover Zero and SSAW. Peace! That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to Podcast at gmail.com.
2: To find all of the links to follow us on social media
0: and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. Dot .com See you next week